Hey everybody, welcome to the Balance Boss Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Zoller, and today's guest is Mary Hollis Huddleston. Southern hospitality, tradition with a twist, and a bit of sarcasm. That is what you will find here with Mary Hollis Huddleston, also known as Miss Southern Social. She is a Nashville native who loves entertaining at home, but believes in the power of delegation. She started in the event planning business in Dallas right after graduating from college, One marriage, one baby, and eight years later, she retired from wedding planning and moved back to Nashville to settle down for good. Along with her husband, Mary started Please Be Seated, the largest luxury event rental company in Nashville. She later went on to launch Miss Southern Social, where she teaches you Southern charm without lifting an arm. So excited to have Mary Hollis on the show today. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the Balanced Boss Podcast, where we discuss how to live abundantly in all areas of your life. Here is your host and work-life balance coach, Lauren Zola. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I know, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about so much today, and I'm excited to have you on here because you are a fellow Nashvillian, and you were affected by this whole crazy tornado outbreak that we had. Yes, directly affected. I know. I can't believe it. Uh, March has been the longest year of my life, (laughs) it feels like. (laughs) I know. I know. And now with all this COVID-19 stuff, oh, it's just, it's insane. So I know that you're going to talk to us today about how to navigate setbacks because you have had quite a few setbacks in the past month and a half. But before we start, I always like to begin the Balance Boss podcast with an intention setting. So I'm going to hand this over to you to set an intention for how you want the listeners to either feel once the podcast is over or something that you want them to take with them as they listen to the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Yes. I really hope that um, as a result of this podcast that the listeners will take away um, first some encouragement. I think that everyone is going through something right now on whatever level that is. There's, there's various levels. I don't know that everyone has, you know, been affected by a tornado and COVID-19, but we are all certainly affected by COVID-19. And um, so I hope that people have a sense of encouragement and some, um, that there could be a positive outcome from this. Um, And that also some solidarity. I have found that uh, as a female business owner throughout my, my journey and, uh, building this company and then this next one that I'm working on, um, that not not feeling alone or that um, you're the only one going through something that that often for me is extremely helpful. Um, and knowing that there are other people struggling and also other people succeeding from those struggles. Yeah, absolutely. So, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Like, how did you get to where you are with your current business endeavors and? Also tapping into those crises that we were talking about earlier, what happened? Can you talk to us about everything from beginning to where you are now? Absolutely. I um, will give you kind of the the, the quick version. So I fell into event planning over a decade ago uh, before everyone and their mom wanted to be a wedding planner. And um, coming out of college, I had kind of my first unspoken crisis or not public (laughs) crisis, uh, in the sense that I was a broadcast journalism major. That's what I was studying. Um, and the, the, the job offer that I was given was to be a reporter in Tyler, Texas. And after spending four years kind of devoting my life, uh, to that 
to that career. I decided that that was not for me and I really wanted to do something totally different. And I was offered a job through bizarre circumstances in Dallas with an event planning company. And again, this was, you know, a long time ago. Um, this was a friend from college. I just wanted, I was living in Fort Worth at the time, wanted to move to Dallas. It was just kind of a job, honestly, something to pay the rent while I figured out what my, my, my pivot in life was going to be. Um, when I decided not to be a broadcast journalism major, cause I didn't really have any idea that what I wanted to do next. Um, so I started working for an event planner in Dallas, uh, worked my way up from the ranks, uh, from the, from the bottom to the top. And, um, that I was with a, that particular firm for about six years and kind of learned the ins and outs of event planning. And the company that I worked for was a full service event planning company. So it wasn't, we didn't just do the planning. We managed the floral, the decor, the rentals, and we did weddings that started at about with budgets of about $200,000 and went up to about $2 million. So these were not small events. Um, and this was kind of at the boom right before the other crash in the economy. Um, so I have lived through now a couple of downturns being in the event sector. And um, then when I met my husband in Dallas, I decided that I wanted to stay in the event business, but not work all the time, which is kind of what I was doing. I was working, you know, 90 hour weeks. It was insane, but I loved my job. I loved the event planning business. Again, like I said, I just kind of fell into that job, but I was good at it and I loved it. And I've stayed in that business in one way or another. And I didn't realize it back then. I thought maybe I always wanted to be a wedding planner. I loved the planning side of things. Um, but because I worked for this big company and I had to work my way up from the bottom, I learned so much about all the different areas in eventing, including the party rentals. So when I married my husband and we moved back to Nashville and I was just going to be a planner here, um, opened my own company, which I did very briefly because right after I opened, I realized there were no luxury event rentals in Nashville like we had access to in Dallas. And Nashville had grown so much. I'm, I'm actually a, as we discussed, I, I live in Nashville, but I was born and raised. I'm a unicorn. I'm actually from here. And, um, I, uh, realized there were no event rentals like we had access to in Dallas. And there was a, uh, a hole in the market and there was a need for them. There's always been, um, money in this city and people willing to spend money on nicer things. You just have to educate the market. And I think that that applies to restaurants. To, I mean, you've seen everything that's happening in Nashville and, you know, you, you show that you show people here what's available and then they want it and they bring it in. And we were one of those businesses. And so what started as a, you know, pet project for me in my home, when of course, right around the time that I had a one-year-old timing with my family was horrible, but the timing in the market was great. Um, I asked my husband to kind of help with the business side. He thought this was just going to be some like little side hustle. And uh, we started renting. We started with a very small collection of luxury sofas, chairs, fancy bars, all of these items I knew where to purchase because of my experience with this previous company in Dallas. And um, it grew and now we're now in our sixth year to be the largest event rental company in Nashville. Um, and you know, looking back, if you had ever told me that that was going to be what was going to happen, you know, <laughs> I would have just 
laughed. I mean, it was, it's, it is crazy. It's a lot about timing. It's a lot about making smart decisions. Uh, Paul and I thankfully didn't kill each other or get divorced in the process. Paul's my <laughs> husband and my business partner. Um, but he really managed the business side of things and I managed the sales and my broadcast journalism, um, degree really has come in handy because I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. Um, and same with the wedding planning side of things. I mean, I'm, I can deal with the back of house and I can also deal with the front of house. I was used to interviewing, you know, the trash collectors and the governor. I mean, it's, you just have to be able to kind of, you know, talk to anyone and, and know how to work with people. And that was something I was good at. And so sales kind of came naturally for me because that's really what I focus on for please be seated. And then about a year and a half ago now, um, well, almost two years ago, Please Be Seated was kind of chugging along, didn't need me as much, um, which is a good thing. And, um, but I missed kind of that creative, the planner part, the stylist. We got to do some of that at Please Be Seated, but instead of managing the whole pie as a wedding planner does, we just managed our piece, the rentals, which was great. Um, and we can get into some of why that's great later, but um, I ended up starting Mrs. Southern Social just really as a blog for myself. I was, I missed setting tables. I missed, you know, talking about flowers and entertaining because that's my entire, you know, now I have over 12 years of about, you know, background experience in that. And what started is kind of just this fun personal outfit outlet for me turned into now a second career. It's, it's really growing and it's been really fun to grow that. And what's nice about that business, um, Mrs. Southern Social is that I haven't rushed it. Um, I have not tried to make it my full-time job. I'm very blessed that I don't have to rely on just income from Mrs. Southern Social uh, because I do have two small children. And as I like to say, you know, women, the world I think tells women right now, you can have it all. You can, I, I don't believe that. I think you can you can't have it all, but you can have enough and you can feel, be fulfilled. Um, but you do have to, something will always have to give. And I'm not willing at this stage right now to give any more of my time up with my kids. So I'm setting Mrs. Southern Social up right now to continue growing, but I'm not trying to push it like I was trying to push Please Be Seated. Um, when both kids are in school full time, I will maybe focus a little bit more on that. But right now it's just been um, growing organically and I'm okay with that. Awesome. So what happened with, I know that we're going to talk about how you have overcome crisis in several ways, not just in your life, but with business. And I think it's important that we highlight, you know, really what a crisis is, because I think there are several people out there who believe that, you know, a tornado or let's say this pandemic, for instance, is a crisis with a capital C, but really a crisis can be anything from waking up every morning and dealing with the same limiting belief pattern over and over and over again that causes over time a crisis pattern in your life. So can you talk a little about not just the the big crisis that has happened within your business, but some of the small crises that have kind of unfolded in your life to get you to where you are now? A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, your crisis, your pain is your pain. Like you cannot compare it to other people's. Um, I mean, what may have been a tornado blowing through my building for me, that is, you know, that's a very public crisis, but there's, as I mentioned earlier, they're private, they're, they're smaller, quote unquote smaller, what may seem smaller, but they're not smaller because to you, it's a, it's a big deal. And I think women definitely feel have 
I'm trying to think of the plural for crisis. This is awful. I'm like the crisis. I don't crises. Know say. Thank you. Yeah. Crises. <laughs> we have multiple crises in our, that's not correct in our lives. But, um, to, to speak to the, the smaller quote unquote, smaller ones, um, or the day to day ones as a woman, I, there was a period where I felt like every day I was having a crisis. Um, it was honestly about two years ago where I was just waking up miserable. My friend group had shifted my, um, you know, please be seated was chugging along on its own. I didn't, I had made my identity in that business and I didn't really know what my identity was anymore. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening with Mrs. Southern social. It wasn't making money. I was like, is this just going to be an expensive hobby? And I was just kind of lost. I mean, I honestly needed someone like you. I needed a a life and business coach to help (laughs) really just kind of organize my life and figure out you know, what makes me happy and what, what the root of the problem was or how to, how to, how to make a change. Um, I was paralyzed by all these things going on, which is abnormal for me because I'm a doer. Um, so I actually went and back to therapy. I'm a big believer in therapy. Um, I know that not everybody is, but I found a great therapist who I loved and we were able to kind of get down to the root of, of what was causing me so much, um, just so many to wake up every day, sad and uncertain. And, and, and I literally had, you would, if you would looked at my life, you would think I had everything and I was just miserable. And, um, we got down to the root that it was, you know, this breakup of this friendship. I had a very close group of four girlfriends that imploded about a year and a half ago or two years ago when all of this started. And I had not dealt with that. I had not mourned the loss and I hadn't, you know, acknowledge those feelings and it had nothing to do with anything else. I actually was, I didn't think that that could have caused the, the wave that it did that small little, you know, ripple ended up causing this huge tidal wave in my life. And I was able to, you know, process things and deal with it. And I honestly think that all that, that, that therapy that I went through and dealing with that kind of internal, more private crisis prepared me for March 2nd, when I woke up with a very real, you know, everyone could see crisis where my half my building and inventory was blown away overnight at the height Mm -hmm. of, you know, at the start of event season. And I had, I had just kind of, um, you know, really felt comfortable using all these tools that I had in my life from slowing down and working with the therapist and, you know, figuring out what it was going to take to, to get me to a healthy place again with friendships and support systems, because that's very important for me as I think it is for lots of other women. And so I was at a great place emotionally when I think if I had not gone through that and I then was, you know, had the tornado on top of it, I would have just completely fallen apart. Yeah, it's so true. And do do you feel like the tools that you used or that you learned in therapy you were then able to apply to some of the things that happened with the tornado crisis? 100%. Um, absolutely. Just kind of slowing down and acknowledging, I mean, just even grieving over the losses of mm. what might've been, you know, thankfully it wasn't as significant as we thought, but if you were to see the images and, you know, go over there, like we did, I've never walked through, um, you know, you see pictures of a natural disaster on TV, but you never personally, I mean, I've never been in an environment where a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or anything's taken place and the devastation and destruction and the power of nature, just seeing it in person is extremely moving. and. Um, 
and upsetting and traumatic. And, and it was just things we didn't even thank God. We did, there were no lives lost, but I know that there are people who lost their lives. Um, but it just really helped me to kind of like own those emotions, not panic, realize that we could day by day take care of this. And that also it wouldn't last, that feeling wouldn't last forever. I think that that's something to, no matter what kind of trauma you're going through, if you're taking actions or time, whatever it is, you know, there's so many different things that you learn, um, or that I learned in therapy that helped me realize that this was just going to be a stage in my life and a chapter in my life. And I was going to get through it and I might not like the outcome, but it wasn't going to define the, you know, I could, there, there could be numerous end results. Like it wasn't the end. It could be a new beginning. It may have been the end of please be seated, but I would have pivoted and started something else. Um, and I just had to be, and it, it just made me honestly, just not panic completely. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think what is so beautiful about that story too, is, is that you give other women and men permission to understand that you don't have to necessarily know what's wrong. But if something is coming up and you're feeling as though you're in some sort of a crisis, but you can't understand why you're there, that there are people you can go to, to help you figure that out. And through that, like through that journey of being able to go to someone and uncovering what it was that was sending you into that space, you learned these tools that you then can apply to future crises when they show up. Absolutely. Um, whether it's a therapist or a business coach or a life coach. I mean, asking for help, I think is extremely important and, and, and knowing the best, the best, you know, way to help to, to find help or the best, you know, whether it is like I just said, whether it's a business coach or a therapist, because then you can get down to the root of what's going on. And, and it may take a long time to kind of unpack that. And that's okay. Because even from the day one, when I knew that I had a lot of work ahead of me, it was, you know, with the therapist and the friendship thing I went through or this situation with the tornado, you don't, you don't necessarily, you know, you see the light, you, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even if it's just a tiny, tiny, you know, a pinhead, knowing that it's there and that there is a, that there is a, a road to get you there is I think so empowering. And it's just this, it takes a huge weight off of your chest. And I talked a little bit on Mrs. Southern Social right after I um, started seeing my therapist again, um, about this. And I was, it, I've had more responses than I've ever had for any post of women that, that reached out that said, if you looked at me, you would say that my life is perfect. I'm like the most outgoing. I have a successful business. I have all, you know, my kids are great. My husband, all these things, but I am miserable and I don't know what it is. And I'm so glad that I'm not alone and that it's okay to go to a therapist and that it's okay to talk about this. And it's, I get, that goes back to that. Just if you're, you aren't alone, there's there are so many women that are going to be in your situation and whether it is big, small to you or to them, you're not alone. Um, and that made that the messages I got were more comfort to me. I feel like than I was to them. And that, that was helpful for me. Yeah. Well, and isn't, that's the power of healing too, is that totally. is being able to see that, you know, you can yes. see that other people have been there, have done it, have navigated it. And it's when you are sharing from a vulnerable space, which is what you learn when you work with a therapist too, you'll see that every other human is going through this. Exactly. Or something. Everyone has something. Yeah. Yes. And, and some people are better at hiding it. And I just got to the point where I, you know, 
it, no one wants to admit that like, oh, I, I feel like I have no friends right now. No one wants to say that. And I'm the most outgoing. I mean, I have an entire blog built on entertaining other people. And I'm like, well, what if people <laughs> don't think I have anyone to entertain? You know, but, but that wasn't the case. And it ended up like I have all these amazing friends and I just like reinvested in friendships that I was not paying attention to. And this, and then honestly, the tornado then, you know, just six months really after I was starting to feel great and making, you know, having meaningful relationships with my true friends, um, nothing will bring people and loved ones to the forefront like a natural disaster. We felt this huge outpouring from even our competitors in, in the business that we're in, just this overflowing of support and love and care and any, you know, remaining feelings that I might have of feeling alone. I have, I have none. I have zero after that. Mm. And I think that COVID-19 is honestly doing that too. And I, I keep reading articles about it. Like you're finding that people are taking care of their neighbors and they're dropping off food. And even though we can't be together physically, we're just taking care of each other. I mean, I've made a huge pivot with Mrs. Southern Social to just promote female business, you know, small businesses. I don't make any money doing that. And I am okay with that because this is what this time is for to like help each other out. And I have learned the hard way in life. Like, and you know, karma is real also. Like what you put out there, you get back. And we, I just want to put out good things right now um, because I have been showered with so much love and support that I just want to keep putting it forward. Yeah. I think that is the beauty of everything that's been going on, especially here. I mean, to see the community, step up the way that they did the national community when the tornadoes hit it brought tears to my eyes i mean it was, oh, it was they had to it turn, was we, we had to turn people away um and it's the same it's the same thing that happened with the flood um you know it is literally the same thing happened with the flood i cannot remember but the big flood that happened 10 years ago on it was literally 10 years ago this year so in 20 what is it in 2040 we need to get or no, 2030, we need to like get out of here. Do not be a national, <laughs> there will be another national disaster. But um, the, you know, the, there was something else in national news that covered up the flood. I mean, we, we got like zero coverage or support from the country and Nashville just like overnight, the country music singers were raising money. People were helping each other out. Like we pulled ourselves, like we helped yeah. ourselves and it was amazing. And I think the same thing happened. I mean, COVID-19 happened right after, but you know, people still focused on the tornado victims. We're still getting, you know, offerings to help. And it's, this city really does take care of its people, its own people. And that's something that has, has, has been here since I've grown up. And I love that about Nashville. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a beautiful city. I love it here too. So tell me really quick, Mary, this is, so this is the, the Balance Boss podcast. And I always like to ask this question to every person that comes on, because I'm, interested in knowing the answer, but what type of self-care non-negotiables are ultimate for you on a daily basis? Like what is something that you do on a day-to-day basis that is a self-care non-negotiable? Totally. Um, I, I, some form of exercise. Um, I am not like a gym rat. I do not watch videos. I don't do Peloton. <laughs> I don't do any, I mean, I, you know, I'm just about as like lazy as it can get. However, I do feel so much better managing stress and anxiety and, and also, you know, obviously staying in shape by going on a walk, a run, a hike, something. Um, I just try to be physical every day. Um, and then 
also, I mean, as you'll see with Mrs. Southern Social and Closet Confessions, I pretty much every night have a glass of wine and these like a little piece of dark chocolate. It's just my thing. When the kids have gone to bed, sometimes I hide in my closet and do it. And that's kind of how that all started. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's not a ton. And honestly, right now I, I kind of wondered, I used to say like, I'd always go get a manicure or pedicure, just physically taking, well, none of us can do that right now, but you can still have a glass of wine at the end of the day or tea, whatever it is. I mean, I have a friend that only drinks hot water with lemon. I mean, I don't understand her, but good for her. <laughs> and, um, just doing something small for yourself, having a few minutes. I mean, I, I'm just, it does not have to be going to get your hair done. It does not have to be getting my nails done like I thought it would be just because you can still, even though we're not allowed to leave, you know, go out in public, you could go on a walk. You can have a glass of wine by yourself at night when the kids have gone to bed just to kind of have some me time. Um, but that's really it. Nothing, nothing, you know, I wish I had something cooler <laughs> or life changing for you, but it's really just booze and a walk. No, that's okay. That's totally okay. That's what you do to, to pour back into yourself. So I love it. So can you tell us what's next for you? What do you have coming up with the Southern social? Is there anything that's coming up business related that you want to share? And also where can people find you? Yes. Oh, so really I've had to refocus a little bit on please be seated. Um, you know, I've gotten more involved since we are getting back up on our feet and, um, we're already back up on our feet really. And we, thankfully we've had this, you know, time to pause. And, you know, I know a lot of businesses have shut or may not recover from this and it's, and it is a very hard time, but if you are able to make it through this, um, you know, however long it's going to be, um, I'm finding that we are getting to be very intentional about who we are as a company and what we want to offer when we do come back in full force and, um, tornado COVID-19 both have forced us to do this. And I think we're going to come back as a much stronger company, um, which I'm excited about. So I've had to, it's almost like rebuilding the business a little bit. Um, not necessarily from the client side, but from the internal business side, which has been neat. So I'm focusing on that, but then on Mrs. Southern social, um, really just continue. Like I said, I, I, I have really enjoyed, um, the following that I have uh, obtained from, from the blog and from Instagram. And I don't honestly fully know where it's going to go. And I, and I'm okay with that because I like pivoting, um, with Mrs. Southern social. I do have a couple projects in the works. Um, one is a book. Um, I do have a literary agent. It is not a how-to. It is not anything super deep or intense. It is all about my experience planning million-dollar weddings for the rich and infamous in Dallas. And it's a fiction, and I'm really excited about it. So that's kind of the next big, big thing, but we've got a little bit of time left on that. Awesome. We'll definitely have to check that out, and hopefully we can have you back on the show oh, when that is yes. released. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, but sorry, I kind of stumbled there at the end. I was like deep in thought thinking <laughs> about Mrs. Southern social, you know, it's, it's more, it's as much of an outlet for me, I think, as it is for other people. I, I you know, I found that laughter is a great healing or medicinal has been, honestly, I really do think it has healing powers, laughter and the comments, the feedback that I get from people right now is just like, thank you so much for keeping me, you know, laughing and so I don't know what's going to fully happen with that, but that does relate to the book. I, I really like kind of the comedic 
part of Mrs. Southern Social because I think right now, especially with, with the news and everything going on, if you don't find time to laugh and, you know, have a moment of joy, it's, it's just, it's, it's too damn depressing. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we will make sure to put all of your handles for Miss Southern Social and for all of your business endeavors in the show notes below. And hopefully we can have you on the show again soon when you release your book. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been, been a treat. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Sounds good.